0: Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to a brand new episode of Hi, Jinx, with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today, my guests are Jeej Taylor and Tyler Elliott from the reality TV show on Lifetime, Leave it to Jeej. These two very funny, very charming people are going to tell us a lot about what it's like living with someone who has autism and being someone who has autism. They share very candid stories of their life with Pooty, Gigi's son, who is nonverbal, and we're going to learn the ins and outs of making their TV show, learn about representation of people who have autism in mainstream media. These two are hilarious. They finish each other's sentences. You can tell from start to finish that they're best friends, and that they are bonded by their life experiences we have so much fun talking to each other, and Jeege and Tyler are just two of the most charming, endearing people I've ever had on Hijinx, so get ready for a very fun, very informative, very heart-filled episode. So buckle up, hunker down, and sink your teeth into some new Hijinx! M. Oh. M. Mom! Hello everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became, who they are, and why they do what they do. Today we are joined by two amazing individuals who are big advocates for the autism community and new reality TV stars, please welcome Jeej Taylor and Tyler Elliott. Hi, Jeej and Tyler.
1: Hi, Hi Jinx. Jinx. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you are only my second time doing an interview with two people at once, so. Honored. <laughs> yeah, good fight. So first and foremost, um, tell us about your TV show and how it came to be.
2: Okay, so our show is called Leave It to Jeej, and it is on the Lifetime Network. It's made by World of Wonder, my favorite people in the world, World of Wonder
1: production. (laughs) Shocker.
2: And and, um, it's a show about my family living with autism in sort of just this really upbeat, fun, happy way. Um, When my son, my son has autism, he's 19 and has Mm non-speaking autism, and he needs lots of support, Mm one-on-one help 24-7. So when he was first diagnosed, long story short, I was seeing all those years back, not a lot in the media about autism. Way mm-hmm. more now, thank God. Um, and I felt kind of alone with that. And a lot of the things that I did see in the media were more negative and heavy. They weren't focusing mm-hmm. on all of the positives and all the joy that autism can bring into a you know family's life and you know, and celebrating these people. I didn't see A lot of celebration for this community. I just saw a lot of, you know, information about, you know, how best to deal with this, that or the other and nothing about just loving this child for exactly who they are. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to change that conversation. You know, when my son, we call him Pootie. (laughs) <laughs> uh, nickname. And, uh, I wanted to change that conversation. You know, we were finding that we were living like the happiest, most full lives. Yes. We have challenges, you know, because of my son's autism and it's significant, you know, um, but we just do what we do with everything else and just, you know, tackle it head on and, you know, bump and go and do the best we can with what we've got. And, you know, we love it we're having fun. So we wanted to send that message. I wanted to send that message out to other families who are dealing with struggles of any kind, whether it's, you know, somebody's newly diagnosed with autism or, you know, they've got a child that has some other kind of thing going on, like some real, you know, ADHD stuff happening, you know, whatever it may be, you know, family where a marriage is breaking up, you know, anything where you've got an issue that, you know, that could be perceived as negative. I just want to Take a positive spin on that. So, the show Mm -hmm. to me is inspiring and it's positive and it's a great look into the world of autism for a lot of people that don't have that opportunity. So, my goal would be, and I kind of talk a lot, Miss Jenks, but (laughs) my goal would be with this show is to increase the awareness so that when you go out in public and you see someone like my son who's flapping his hands and making noises that they don't understand. They don't sit there and look at you like what's going on, you know, like judgmental, like what's wrong? What am I looking at? Or pity. I don't want, I don't need the pity either. You know, like just, oh God, poor thing. I'm like, don't poor thing me. I've got this kid who is this bossy, cocky, badass who bosses (laughs) as hot as hell. He looks just like Elvis. I'm like, honey, don't feel sorry for me. I've got this beautiful (laughs) child at home with me and I wouldn't trade him for a million dollars and you need to be jealous of me because I have him and you don't. So I wanted people to see that and I wanted people to celebrate autism and people of all abilities. And so that's where that came from. That Yeah.
0: There's so many things you mentioned that I think are universal things that, um, that can only be uh, remedied by more and more representation. You know, you mentioned that like, Early on, the only representation you saw in media was like tinged with tragedy or wasn't, you know, like even if it was supposed to be uplifting or supposed to share a story, it was tinged with tragedy. And, you know. In my life as a queer person, that's what I uh, was—so much of the early representations of queer people that I had growing up, you know, were either sex addicts or or there was tragedy. You know, there was like the coming out story had to be this big, tragic, upsetting thing because— so often, when mainstream media gets a hold of stories of real people, they want to tell the most tragic, upsetting version of that story because that's going to get the most traction, and that's going to get people talking about it the most. You
2: Absolutely. know, yeah, yeah, turning
0: like elicits the most emotion is what gets watched. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Turning real life stories into Oscar bait, you know? And so, one of the wonderful things about reality TV is um, it gives so many more opportunities for people to tell their own stories so that you're learning about queer issues from queer people. You're learning about autism from families who experience autism on a day to day basis, not yeah. people who have nothing but speculation, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And, Getting to tell your own story, I think, is is an important. It's important for our like our progress as a society. Sure. Um, Tyler, you are Pootie's caretaker. Is um, Pootie are uh, the only person you look after, or are there multiple people you look after? Or is, um... <laughs> well, <when laughs> tell I me first... what goes into <laughs> it goes into being a caretaker.
1: But so when I first started working with Pootie, I was only sixteen years old. Yeah. And so I had, you know, at that age, that's like prime caregiving age, you know, Mm -hmm. and my brother has multiple developmental disabilities. So I had experience working with people with disabilities. And so that was kind of the primary people that I worked with uh, and caregiver for. Um, But everybody else has been dropped. Oh, Who, yeah, he's the only one that stuck around. I yeah, mean,
2: no, well, no. Everybody, everybody else, I don't even remember
1: their names. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> everybody wants Tyler because he's the best. He's, you know, mm-hmm. he's working on a PhD at the University of Georgia, and all his professors go to him for advice. He's, <laughs> so, everybody wants Tyler, and. We snagged him. He fell in love with the poot, yeah. and and then he became my my best friend. And you know, so now he's my roommate. Yeah, and Who like he I'm in graduate
1: him? school now, so my caregiving days are long over. But for some reason,
2: yeah, we just I'm still I'm here like, with poot. You know, he, like, he lives <laughs> with us. He's our live-in caregiver. So I'm like, my hmm. boyfriend lives in London. I see him a couple times a year.
1: So I'm her temporary husband. So he's my husband for yeah. eleven out of twelve yeah. months. Right? He even
2: wears a yeah. ring. Yeah, i <laughs> not Where is your wedding ring? Oh,
1: yeah, I gave him a Somewhere. ring. It's a really
2: nice. World wedding ring. <laughs> but yeah, so he is my husband, and he is Pootie's caregiver, and he's working on his PhD, and he also. Throughout the season, the course of the season, you'll watch something that's the first of its kind ever on reality TV or on any TV show that I know of, where Tyler decides to get his own diagnosis, an adult diagnosis of autism throughout the season. So it's really amazing Mm -hmm. to see that. And it just made the show that much better and that much more special so that there's four adults with autism on the show. And it's so cool Mm -hmm. to see the entire spectrum represented and to actually watch somebody walk through that diagnostic diagnostic process. But I think she was asking you about caregivers and we sort of got off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I I think that's really amazing um that you were able to able to capture that story and that experience on the show because as i think more and more people are learning um there's all different forms of autism and it is a spectrum so not no two people with autism may experience the same things or or deal with the same um daily hurdles you know and Yeah, I think I think it's similar to, you know, the more we destigmatize looking into ourselves, you know, like Mm -hmm. for me, I've had uh, a long journey with um, finding out the symptoms and the causes of my own mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's been such a long journey is for so long, I was told You just don't talk about those things. And unless it's really, really bad, you don't do anything about it. You just have to learn how to, like, suck it up and and get through your day. Um, When in reality, if people were being encouraged to talk about these things and if if it was destigmatized by our society, more and more people would realize, you know, there are some things that lots of people deal with and just don't know that they... Have the right to deal with them, you know. So sad.
2: It's so sad. Yeah, you feel like you have to have like you don't have the right to deal with it. So, yeah. When
1: when we when I went on that path of kind of getting the diagnosis of autism, there was always a known chance that I could not have it. Like I was trying mm -hmm. to analyze my own symptoms and take a an educated stab at it. But at the end of the day, I could be wrong, you know. And mm -hmm. so the question for myself was kind of like, do I still want to go through this process, especially in a very fucking public way? Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. If there comes the chance for it to know, and I decided that it would still be worth it because at the end of the day, if I inspired one person to be introceptive and to think about their own thoughts and kind of analyze themselves and who they are and talk about it, like I was just trying to make it less taboo to have that conversation with yourself if that makes
0: sense yeah yeah um so yeah yeah no um <laughs> conversations it's so funny that like um it does feel taboo to have those conversations you know like i remember you know um almost 3 years ago i gave up drinking alcohol and um it wasn't the first time in my life that i cut out drinking But it was the time that, like, I knew when I quit drinking this time, I was like, this is the time I'm done with it. But to even, like, approach that conversation, you know, as a queer person, as someone who works in nightlife and entertainment, whenever the conversation of, like, hey, y'all, do you think we're drinking too much? The answer was, no, have another drink. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. Yeah. because even if you don't, even if you're not someone who struggles with alcoholism, mm-hmm. even if you're not someone whose life is being interrupted by their relationship to alcohol, the idea of actually having that conversation with yourself is so scary, you know, because to even sit down and have the conversation with yourself or with a trained professional who can help you interpret that conversation, it means you have to admit that something's not working right or something might need to change. And we humans are creatures of habit. And to learn something new about yourself as an adult is so scary. For sure. And to make life changes is so scary. So... Yeah, to be able like even though it was probably terrifying to do that in such a public way, um you're right. If it if it promotes having the conversation, if it promotes looking in on yourself and your well-being, then you know, hopefully it was worth having that conversation publicly so that other yeah. people might be encouraged um to have that conversation themselves. Yeah.
2: (laughs) He was so brave to do that. It was his idea to do it on the show. We had already Mm -hmm. had everything lined up for what we were doing and kind of last minute. He's like, I think I'm going to do this. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I can't believe you're going to, that's amazing. You know, that you would (laughs) put that out there because it just, you know, it was amazing and he was very brave to do it and it was great to watch it and just watch him process all the emotions of it and the whole (laughs) thing but
1: emotions suck enough already and I'll make it public. <laughs> that's
2: something he struggles with, you know, is dealing with emotions. And, and there's a lot of unknown things that he had to kind of deal with and process that, you know, it was it was definitely interesting to watch. And um and that's one thing that we've done on the show. Um, you know, if we've done our show right, you kind of forget you're watching a show about autism. We want it to uh-huh. be a level playing field. Everybody, you know, on our cast who's autistic, they're treated like everybody else. So it's, if we, our show was originally pitched as a comedy and they saw mm-hmm. so much heart in what we were doing that they're like, okay, let's give it an hour. You know, it's going to be funny, mm-hmm. but it's also got so much heart and and so much room for educating people about things like this that they don't see, you know, there's a little, there's more and more talk about autism and there's um, there's a few stories little shows out there little shows there's a few great shows out there about autism mm-hmm. but not enough and I think ours is
1: and also not not very many that are real like reality not real. non-scripted not actors mm-hmm. you know we're not actors we are ourselves and this. you know mm-hmm. so it's a it's a totally different ball field than than having a script that's pre-written about an autistic I- identity you know that's yeah to a certain extent falsified like just made up based off of cliches and assumptions so this is real it's raw.
2: Uh, yeah, and I think that's the the big appeal of it is it's a real glimpse into this life um about four different guys and their walks with autism, but it's about also a family and a chosen family, an extended family. It's about mm-hmm. so much more where I think you will forget, like, oh, we're I'm watching someone with autism because we've got so many different things going on. And almost like
1: we're hella entertaining.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we represent so many different communities, which I'm so proud of. You mm-hmm. know, we have we have um we have a little bit of something for everybody on it. And so that to <laughs> me, I'm just very proud to be a part of.
0: Yeah. I I wonder... Um... Tyler, having recently gone through your own diagnosis, um, do you did you, in your work as a caretaker or in your studies, were there moments where you were starting to realize some of the things that you're learning about apply to you? Or did you kind of seek out that work because you already had those feelings and questions for yourself? Like, what was that? That's a I have question. to imagine.
2: You always say that's a really good question.
0: That's a good question. <laughs> so, so my brother has
1: multiple disabilities. And so I was studying special education. That was my undergraduate. I just did a master's mm-hmm. in it. I'm starting another degree. I do a lot of special education. Um, and so the more that I learned in special education, the more I saw it applied to myself. And so I have been deba- debating with myself internally for probably three years thinking damn I show a lot of autism symptomology that's very Mm -hmm. interesting and then also you take into the fact that I have autism in my genetics from from family members you know who, who have diagnoses that I was like okay you know and so every day it became more and more of something that I couldn't ignore and when the show came around I thought you know what I'm never gonna I, there's there's a there's a chance I'll never have a private life again, so I may as well knock mm-hmm. it out now. It's not like I'm gonna be able to wait and then do it later and that you know, I was like, I was like I've almost waited too long now. I may as well do it and 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 I and I thought you could benefit maybe somebody out there by doing it in a public yeah. way, so it kind of evolved in that way But we um, but that's that's part of our shows we talk about autism and stemming and and the every single thing that's associated with autism and that's different across people but we kind of talk about those things because to a lot of people that's not widely known you know like if I hadn't taken literal coursework in autism Uh and discussed it and 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 picked it apart in such an analytic way, I would have never realized to apply it to myself. So we're trying to almost digest that information that we know about autism and share it with other people. And I guarantee you there'll be somebody who's watching it and they're like, holy shit, that applies to me.
0: I think what we are learning more and more and more is that Just because society, just because people have told us one thing for a long, long time does not make it true. You know, lots of people try to paint things as like, especially when it comes to not especially, I shouldn't say especially, but like in my life, what I've noticed the most is when it comes to being queer, when it comes to being trans, um, when it comes to being non-conforming in any kind of way, people try to tell you that there's a natural way to things. You know, people try to tell you this is what's natural and normal. And the word normal gets used a lot or natural as if everything is predestined and predictated you know you're born with a penis so you're a man and you have to behave like this and you have to wear these kind of clothes and you have to act this way and you have to say these things and you're not allowed to do these things and that was taught to me from a young age as this is what's natural you know this is the natural order of things and the more and more we're talking about this it's like um there is no natural, there is no normal because we invented it all. You know, like human beings invented the language we use around it, we invented the behavior, we invented the way it's treated. So, nothing has to be predictated. if you want your autism coming out party to be a big celebration where everyone gets drunk and you do a dance performance like <laughs> who the hell has the right to tell you not to do it that way
2: i, and... I love what you said. <laughs> I, I mean i never being normal never interested me you know this is boring as fuck i can't stay in that so everybody that i hang around are like you know nobody's a basic bitch everybody's like larger than life character that's what entertains me that's what i like and yeah and i do think i i love what you're saying i it's 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 so sad also you know when you're talking about just you know you're told like okay you have a penis so you must be this like so robotic Mm -hmm. you must dress this way behave this way speak this way um and i do think i i hope that um Back to our show. I hope that our show <laughs> gives you permission just to be exactly who you are and be celebrated for exactly who you are.
0: Yeah, Jeeg, what was um, what was life like before um, before kids before Pootie? And what was your experience with autism before you had a child with autism?
2: Okay. No experience before. (laughs) No clue. Had no experience with children either. Like I never wanted to babysit or anything like that. So like (laughs) when I had babies, I was like, Oh Lord, nobody told me it's going to be so hard. My daughter came out with um, colic and she screamed for six months straight. And the only time she Mm -hmm. didn't scream was if she was nursing or asleep on my body. So she had to be asleep Mm -hmm. on my chest. So that was awful. And then I have Pootie and then she's precious, but you know, as a baby, it was rough. And then I have Pootie and he was the best baby in the world. And then all of a sudden he is not hitting any of those milestones. You know, he's not Mm. walking, talking. Um, he's not doing the things that my daughter Harper was doing. And I kept kind of measuring it against what my experience was with her. So I had no experience with autism. Um, Anybody with special needs. Nobody in my family had special needs. None of my children, my, you know, none of my friends' children's or whatever children's friends' children. <laughs> so <laughs> none of my friends' children's had a disability. So you know, life before children was... Um, you
1: yeah, don't hear about the personal life before children. The
2: personal life before children <laughs> Were was you
1: crazy? Were you hyper? Or were you... Crazy! Dancing?
2: And <laughs> <at> all the <laughs> clubs with all my, you know, doing a lot of drinks, smoking a lot of Virginia Slims, 100 on <laughs> the lights, and just <laughs> clubs. It was awesome. Go to Atlanta, go to all the gay bars, and, it was great. It's a
1: shame we met when you were ancient. I
2: know. If we met now, <laughs> he does all this now and I live vicariously through him. He comes home in the middle of the night and I'm like, what happened?
1: Every Friday, <laughs> I'm like, you want to go dancing?
2: Like, <laughs> like, No, honey, I'm going to be in bed at nine o'clock, but I want to hear mm-hmm. everything. I want to know if you got any stick. I want to hear every story that
1: you got to
2: tell from the night before. But uh, yeah, so we were having a great time. Had kids. It was amazing. I love you know, being a mom. But I did, like, as soon as I realized that Pootie wasn't reaching these milestones... I felt totally alone, which was another reason I wanted to do something, you know, in the media because I wanted people to, you know, whether it was autism or anything, if they're dealing with something and they feel alone, I want them to feel supported and, you know, have some kind of direction. And she's built
1: up a a really nice community from this show doing that. I feel like she spends half her day answering DMs and talking to moms mm -hmm. and, and talking to, you know, we both are getting DMs like crazy just from people who feel represented and they yeah. feel like there's someone they can relate to and and yeah. they may not have because they've not seen they've
2: not seen that before they're all kind of like teary like we've never seen you know families like ours represented and you know and basically every message that I send is just you know you know what it's okay to be just the way you are. You know, it's okay if your child is talking to a leaf and spinning in circles. If he's happy, you be happy. It's okay for you to go out in public and have your kid, you know, doing things that don't look like what people are typically used to seeing, like my son jumping up and down, spinning on the floor. Like when Pootie sees, you know, if we go into a store that's got a grocery store, like a tile floor, which most of them all Mm do. That's like porn for Poot. Poot's like, oh, <laughs> hell yeah. And he will like do a nosedive into the floor and just start swimming on it, licking the floor. <laughs> and he's loving it. And to me, you know, of course in public, I don't really- Maybe
1: right in the doorway of Target. Though. Yeah, maybe. Not the best location since that's where everybody's trying to enter and exit, but still.
2: But I just want him to be able to be him without me being mortified. It's like, you know what? That's mm-hmm. what he's doing. And to me- the biggest compliment I've gotten since this show is our showrunner, who's amazing, Sam Hartsman. And um, love you,
1: Hartspan.
2: We love you, Hartspan. And she, <laughs> um, <laughs> her nickname, and she, her mom watched the show and said, "You know, I have seen people with behaviors like pooties. Wasn't quite sure what I was even looking at. Now I understand it. But before, I would feel almost she felt more pity for them than you know." Mm-hmm. The judgment, which we do get a lot too. But she said, now that I've watched the show, I went into a store, I saw a kid who was behaving just like Pootie or had similar behaviors. And she's like, I immediately knew it. I was, you know, I was like, okay, you know what? I don't need to feel bad for you. I don't need to really even offer help. You know, you're mm-hmm. doing you, you're being you, and I'm just going to keep shopping and enjoy, you know, what you're doing here, just enjoy it. So I think it took me, a minute to get to that place you know and i had to kind of navigate the unknown and learn about autism and educate myself and start all the process of getting therapies and stuff but to me the takeaway after all these years it's just fuck it you know give your kid <laughs> give your kid every advantage you can give them you know the therapies mm-hmm. they need the schooling they need the support they need the love that they need but at the end of the day you know i think a lot of people with autism are constantly being told no and redirected to more what people think are more functional behaviors. And, you know, yeah, if Pootie is, you know, playing with, a you know, something dangerous, you know, of course, I'm going to redirect him to something else. But mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I feel like one reason with him being as like, maybe
1: I hear that. You're gonna
2: have to. What <laughs> he's, she's he's stimming, what she's here. sitting here
1: saying <laughs> is, people need to let it go.
2: Yeah, he's stimming, <laughs> let it go. He's making a noise, and I can't concentrate. He's stimming <laughs> on a little toy, but um, yeah, I feel like, um, that what was I saying? Before, you were saying so people,
3: so people need to let it rusted. go, yeah, <laughs> people, people need to need let to, it go, yeah,
2: and I think that that so many parents and you know, there's a lot of you know, a lot of pressure on them. Like I need to, you know, work so hard to make sure that the behaviors of this child or this young adult or whatever are a little bit more typical. And I'm just like, fuck that. Just, you know, Hootie is living the way he wants to live. He's fully supported in all the ways he needs to be. And at the end of the day, what's wrong with that you know I mean yeah. he's got the best life of anybody around here <laughs> <you know? laughs>
1: when you reach the level of acceptance it's 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 high order you know like yeah, next level I mean, when you get that you know
2: yeah acceptance is the key to happiness and when you accept the lot that you've got in life no matter what it is you're happy when you just yeah. like oh, this is what we've got, let's have fun with it. You know? So, and I think that makes pootie somebody who does struggle with a lot of things. I think that's what makes him unusually happy and affectionate mm. and pleasant, you know, is because he feels that love no matter how he's behaving, you know, I yeah. mean, he's, he knows that. And, and it's given him an attitude. I mean, he's kind yeah. he's, <laughs> he bosses us around. He treats. look, we are just pooties bitches. We're just here to serve.
0: Before your show even came out, when um, I started following you, because, you know, both of our shows are produced by World of Wonder, so I got the little um, email about your show coming out, and um, so I started following you on Instagram, and one of my favorite things about seeing the videos you put up on Instagram is... Just how much joy I'm seeing expressed from Pootie, from the family. One of my favorite videos was... (laughs) No offense to this.
2: Yeah,
3: it was,
0: I, I think it was Pootie's birthday and um, y'all were singing happy birthday to Pootie uh-huh. <laughs> and he comes out um, and sees everyone singing and then went back in the house and <laughs> shut the door It was, and it just seemed so you know everyone was um, every everyone just seemed like they were having a great time and he, he was, it kind it, of speaks he didn't to what that. you're talking hey, about he, saw all people. he was like oh hell a
2: huge cake everybody was outside in the courtyard and we were in the kitchen and it was last minute It's like come on poot and i'm bringing him outside with this big cake and everybody outside singing happy birthday and the minute he walks outside and i remember it too he's in a versace shirt like he's got this big Mm -hmm. golden medusa on him or whatever it is he walks out he looks at everybody and he just looks just like disgusted like the fuck are y'all doing? And then just turns around, gr- grabs that cake, pulls it in the house and slams the door. And everybody outside is just like, okay then, what the hell?
3: <laughs>
2: so well, let We take those moments. And I feel like a lot of parents, when I look at other people's, their social media, a lot of parents grieve those some people would be
1: distraught about that oh
2: no he he didn't want us you know to sing to him he didn't want Mm -hmm. the cake he got pissed and slammed the door and looked at everybody like mad as shit and walked inside and started eating the cake and that's what i want to challenge people to be like you know what so what so what? Yeah. You know what it is? It was hilarious. You loved the video. I loved it
1: when it
0: happened. <laughs> who enjoyed the cake? <laughs> yeah, it seemed like he was very happy. He got it what he wanted out of the experience. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He was pleased when he was
1: eating
0: He got a whole cake and nobody to bother
2: him. So yeah, I love that you um, looked at the videos. You're so sweet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk about some of the facts and behavioral traits for people who. Don't know anything about autism, and or who have only seen it represented in fictionalized, hyper-dramatized ways. What what are some of the what are some of the traits you could expect from someone yeah. with um, nonverbal autism, like Pooty, and then someone uh, with high functioning autism? Like, what are what have you learned? Are some of the common traits um, uh, that that you see day to day?
1: So there's really three big domains then we can talk about, like specifics in those domains: but mm-hmm. it's social, emotional, and sensory. And whether you're non-speaking or whether you're, you know, the most whatever, social, emotional, sensory. Those are your three categories. So sensory is probably the easiest.
2: Yeah. So what about Poot sensory. Yeah. When 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 Pooty was little, you know, I just noticed he wasn't meeting those milestones, and so
1: mm.
2: he socially wouldn't always look at the person, you know, that mm-hmm. was trying to get his attention. Um, he only wanted certain people to touch him. Didn't
1: care about peers, social attention, right?
2: He didn't care about playing, you know, most of the time little kids like other little kids. And he was putting his mm-hmm. hand in the face of every little kid that came up to him, including his sister. He would just be like, mm-hmm. kind of talk to the Curved. hand, like fuck off, like every time. <laughs> so it took him five years to like his sister. And that's because they lived together and he saw her every day and she was persistent and never stopped trying, but he had no social interest in other people. He wasn't talking. It it took him forever to walk and
1: emotions, hard to regulate, right? Small things lead to meltdowns, right? Lots
2: of meltdowns. You know, we couldn't understand, understand what he wanted and you know, lots of little things that you would see like walking on your toes and being a picky eater. And my mother gave me a checklist. Um, Because she was a school teacher and she was like, Okay, something here is just a little bit different. So she gave me a neurologist checklist for autism. Mm -hmm. And out of 20 of the markers that could represent autism, I checked 19 out of 20 for Mm pooty. So right then he was very severe. And we took him to get diagnosed and They said it was supposed to be an all day diagnosis. It was like $6,000 in another state. (laughs) And they said within the first minute of seeing Uh Judy that the doctor's like, God, I could give him a diagnosis right now. He has classic autism. Uh It's probably going to be, if I had to guess, he would probably have a significant, you know, autism given the fact that it's so intense at this early age, you know, usually mm-hmm. you would have about, maybe you could check off typically about half of the categories and Pootie pretty much checked them all except for withholding affection. Yeah. Thank she's God.
1: got a good point mm-hmm. about the screeners though. If people are curious, whether about themselves or a family member or a friend, screeners are free online, right? You can search autism screeners. You can search it for adults, kids, whatever age, and that's kind of, a, they, like, they literally, some people call it just like a red flag indicator, you know, like the more Mm -hmm. answers that you get, the more you might think, oh, maybe I should pursue a professional diagnosis, but the screeners are free. They're really easy to administer. They're quick. So you're not really, there's no real risk involved in filling out one of those. I do think that they focus more on, well, the, at least the adult ones, because that's what I had completed. Um, They focus a lot more on the social side, more than the emotional or sensory side. So hopefully you know, but there's not really a lot out there for adults getting diagnosed. So maybe people will continue to develop those screeners and make them better. So for Um,
2: example, he did a screener and he came up totally autistic. It was like, if you're within this range of like,
1: well, no, what it said was, it said, it said, you know, I got like a 26 out of 50. And it was like, if you're 25 to 35 or whatever, go see somebody for further testing, you know, like it was Mm -hmm. kind of within that range. So. And um, we were
2: all scoring like, you know in the teens or lower or so we were like oh yeah this might be time for you but as far, <laughs> as far as seeing all those signs and things um probably the the worst part that i had to go through was a lot of meltdowns and mm-hmm. tantrums because pootie didn't have any language and he still struggles with mm-hmm. that communication piece it's mm-hmm. very very hard for him it's hard for him to use sign language it's hard for him to do the fine motor it's hard for him to use um augmentative communication devices which Mm -hmm. would be kind of like a computer like a
1: like a speech generating device yeah where you Mm -hmm. press
2: a button and it will talk for you press a button maybe on a picture of a drink and it'll say drink all those things are really hard for him um so he sort of has a hybrid system where Mm -hmm. he has kind of developed his own little thing where you know he pull you around and gesture and and Mm -hmm. you know point to what he wants and for example he'll point to something he wants out of the refrigerator and he wants me to get it out. And then he puts my hand on it. Say it's pizza. He'll put my hand on it. That means cut mm-hmm. me a piece. You know, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's like you, once you get around him enough, you just kind of learn his language, you know, but yeah.
1: he's got like a, he had like a new, um, para at school that works with them, and one of the first texts we got where they were like how do you know what he wants and we're like you'll figure it out yeah yeah (laughs) there's there's no short explanation you'll figure it out and he has he's figured it out you know honey
2: he will get me in a headlock and drag me to the refrigerator and there's nothing like that that i don't understand i'm like i got it you're hungry
0: honey (laughs) well i have um Just for our listeners who are completely new to this conversation, I have a list of some facts and some traits that I'd just like to share with our listeners. And then um, you should feel free to to tell me um, your experiences with any of these things. Um, As we've talked about, autism is a spectrum. No two people's autism might look exactly the same. Asperger's is what is now referred to as high functioning autism and um, I remember when I first learned about Asperger's and then that kind of like opened up for I think a lot of people like oh, we've been presented that autism has to look like this and unless you unless you behave this way then you're not, Dealing, you're not someone with autism, but what we're learning is that there's a lot of different ways autism can be expressed, in a lot of different pe- ways people can have autism. Right. Um, yeah, another
1: way you might hear, like if you're on the internet and stuff, another way you might hear Asperger's referred to now is they're calling it level one. You know, they're also mm-hmm. giving it that label. So somebody like Pooty would be level three, uh, has a lot of uh, support needs, and then somebody like me would be level one. So yeah, for sure.
0: Okay. And um, another term for autism is autism spectrum disorder. Um, and did you know that boys are nearly five times more likely than girls to be diagnosed with ASD? Um, and some common autism Traits are finding it hard to understand what others are thinking or feeling, getting very anxious about social situations, finding it hard to make friends or preferring to be on your own. Gigi talked about some of this with um, Pudi Young in Life, um, mm-hmm. seeming blunt or rude or um, not interested in others without meaning to be, finding it hard to say how you feel, taking things very literally. For example, you may not understand sarcasm or phrases like break a leg, having the same routine every day and getting very anxious if it changes, not understanding social rules, such as not talking over people, avoiding eye contact, getting too close to other people, or getting very upset if someone touches or gets too close to you, noticing small details, patterns, smells, or sounds that others do not, having a very keen interest in certain subjects or activities, liking to plan things carefully before doing them, and some are very knowledgeable on something particular, for example, plants, trains, dates, phone numbers, and also a hypersensitivity to sounds, smells, and surroundings. Does that sound that about like right?
3: That's
0: like Tyler. All that- <laughs> <laughs> the whole like, time you're, you're
1: reading, stuff, we're, like <laughs> we're like nodding. yep, yep. Blunt asshole. Yep. Minute- <laughs> yeah, you are
2: saying like blunt and asshole. It's like yes, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> he is very direct. He will tell you Mm -hmm. what he thinks. Very, very direct. Um, yeah. You covered it, honey. That's <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, I'm gonna, we can thank Joseph, um, Joseph, our producer, who put together um, those facts and traits. Joseph, who also has autism and was very excited to have you uh, both as guests today because and Joseph was very excited to get more representation and more conversations out there. And we here at Hijinks are all about conversation and, and giving people a platform. Form in which to speak about things that are important to them. One thing I would like to ask about um, is the other members of the family who are also on the show. Um, your mother, Puddin, um, who also um, works with people with autism and helps with Pudi's communication. Uh, your daughter, Harper. Um, we, we've we gotten to know Tyler in this episode, but there are other people that you get to meet And Leave it to Jeej. Um I have to ask, where did some of these nicknames come from? (laughs) Is there stories behind Puddin? No, (laughs) shut the door. I just
2: hear Poot being in
0: a really mood on slamming doors really dramatically (laughs)
1: whenever he leaves a room. So it just sounds like
2: (laughs) he's downstairs with my niece. Uh, My family is huge on nicknames. So everybody's got a nickname. Mm -hmm. Pootie's real name is. Is this long? He sounds it's, it's. I'm always supposed to keep it sort of a secret. His dad made me promise, but it's you know, it's this crazy long name. I was like, I cannot call you that. I'm calling you, <laughs> and we all have nicknames. My mom's Pudding, I'm G. Harper's the nut. This one's mm-hmm. Tyler T, short for Tyler Tylenol, because if you hang around <laughs> very long, you'll need a Tylenol. And <laughs> so, yeah, my mom's on it. Everybody seems she seems to be the show favorite, which is really yeah. You funny said pudding
1: first, and it's I was really like,
2: <laughs> because she is this very, you know, kind of holy roller, um, judgmental, kind of like real sweet. And real Southern, real Southern, real sweet ends every sentence and God bless. And just, you know, very judgy, you know, very sweet, but also very judgy. And so I feel like the entire show, she's kind of like the guardian of good taste and always just shocked, you know, whenever Mm -hmm. we just do anything but. At that's least, just uh, us. This yeah. Just being us, you know. Like I've always embarrassed her. Um, and then we've got uh, my daughter, who is a lovely portrait artist, who um, just graduated from school. She's getting ready to get her master's. Um, and then that you see on the show, she goes off to Italy to study, and that's a big deal. And because, her nickname. And her nickname's the Nut. <laughs> Um, and then we have, um, one of my best friends, Kim is on it and her son, Nikki, who also has autism. So you'll see them as a part of it. You'll see Tyler's brother, Cleet and his mom. Um, and then my boyfriend, Mark George, who is a British bloke. Um, British bloke. <laughs> he lives in London and he is a manager. He manages talent and creative people. And, He's also really old. He's almost seventy, so he's Jeez like, like <laughs> <laughs> he's my senior boyfriend, and I <laughs> I see him a few times a year, and it works out great. You know, we hmm. we adore each other, and we are able to have this long distance relationship. It just works, just because yeah. you know we're just old. We're just you know got
1: just... a cast of characters, somebody for everybody, somebody <laughs> for everybody to relate to, somebody for everybody to be entertained by. Yes
2: everybody's very very different my every person's funny
1: as hell in their own individual ways
2: even my yard man who is my best friend george (laughs) jones you you see him a little bit here and there he is the funniest person on the planet and just the whole the way everybody comes together it's it's we spend a lot of time laughing it's real spicy it's real spicy it's real out of the box (laughs) and you know i think even without autism but we, anyway. we were told this when we were pitching the show, they're like, even take the autism card out of this. Like, d- even if you didn't have anybody with autism, this is a show, this family, yeah. this extended family is a show. Y'all are such characters. So, yeah.
0: I know. I want to spend a day at the, at the Jeej household. <laughs> I want y'all, you too. Oh my y'all God. look like you're you constantly having fun. For... Wait, do what? <laughs> Y'all look like you're constantly having fun. Like, what's
2: wrong with us? And then, I mean, all we do, even when nobody's watching, we entertain each other twenty four seven. I mean, we're—I mm-hmm. don't know what's wrong. Something's wrong with us. We're not right. But we would love to have you, Miss Jink. Do you <laughs> have some <you in> Georgia?
0: <laughs> like, um, I—you know—I go to Georgia for work a lot. Um, and I had—I don't know that I still have any family in Georgia, but I had a lot of family in Georgia for a long time. Oh. unfortunately, my my great grandmother passed away some time ago and i think my my uncle moved to florida but um i more grew up with stories of georgia than uh you know i was born and raised in the pacific northwest which is very different from the south uh, sure. just sure. in general <laughs> um but yeah i was raised with lots of stories um from my mom spending a lot of time in georgia as a kid and my aunt spending most of her youth in in georgia so
2: and where, do you um, be, where so you go to atlanta for work and.
0: Is that yeah, what? yeah. It's normally, you know, like I'm passing through. Normally I, I, I really just get to do the show and then it's on to the next stop. Yeah. But, um, but I always have a great time. And, you know, my grandmother, Elwanda, we just called her grandmother, but her, her name was Elwanda. Yeah. Stop. She had the, just the most amazing voice and and dialect. And um, I could, when I was a kid and I didn't know one Southern accent from another, Uh when she would call to talk to me, I would talk to my grandmother on the phone. And then I would tell everyone, I just had a conversation with Dolly Parton. (laughs) That's funny.
2: Okay, do we sound like that to you? No, my God. I think that I sound Southern and I think he sounds really country. What do you oh, think? oh
0: what <laughs> I don't know that I'm qualified to to, sure. to find the distinction between Southern and country. But, yeah, you both have very um, endearing, charming dialects. You know, people from I the Northwest assume <laughs> <laughs> people from the Northwest always assume that, you know, we don't have dialects, but then you, you know, Oh my gosh, my, my husband loves to make fun of my voice. My my husband's also British. Um, we met in Manchester and he was raised in the North. So um, the North in the UK is kind of like the South of the States, like as far as their dialect is, you yeah. know, treated yeah. and, and viewed. He doesn't have a Northern dialect at all. Like he should be, <laughs> he should have a very Northern dialect from where he was raised. But um, I think... I think lots of queer people affect their dialects, whether they know it or not. You know, like yeah. a lot of um, maybe there maybe there's a difference between Tyler and yours dialect because Tyler either subconsciously or consciously um, affected his own dialect to sound more like how he wanted to sound. I don't it know. Sound
1: more like That's Dolly Parton, some... of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: actually, that... it's actually Dolly's <laughs> biggest fan. <Yes. laughs> His dream, his dream is to go to Pigeon Forge. <laughs> I just
0: basically came from there. <laughs> but this is just a running theory I have. It's not tested or anything. But I know a lot of people from rural rural parts of the UK who are queer who speak like they were raised in London, even mm-hmm. though um they were raised in, you know, maybe more rural places or places with more distinct dialects. And sometimes I see that in um in the United States as well, like people yes. who came from Somewhere with like, like, I, I know a lot of people from the Midwest who are queer, who you would think, um, you know, grew up in somewhere with a more neutral dialect. So yeah, this yeah. is just a running theory I have as a, well, as a former phonetic so, tutor.
2: Has been in the States though, or is he back and forth?
0: He, he's with me in the States right now, and we are working on his immigration, and he'll be living here full time. But for right now, mm-hmm. um, he still lives in the U.K., and we've always had a long-distance relationship, and, and the—, the The special thing about our relationship is right now, at this point, we are either fully long distance or we're together constantly because we go, you know, like when he visits, he's just here with me and he hasn't really gotten to set up his life. Or when I'm there, um, I'm working. And so any spare moment, we're spending time together. So we have yet to get to experience what life would actually be like if we just got a normal schedule with each other.
2: That, that's exactly Mark and me. We've been together mm-hmm. for so many years now and we've never really experienced like a normal life together, but it's, you know, when he's here, we are just up each other's butt, you know, cause we never see each other mm-hmm. when I'm there, <laughs> same thing. But, um, yeah, but in a way, I don't know, it kind of keeps things fresh a little bit, don't you think? Yeah. Like, it, you know, you're never really sick of them because you're not together so much. And when you're together, it's you just really cherish it. It's so much more yeah. special. I don't know that I've ever been with somebody else for this many years and thought it was still that special. Do You know, I mean, you eventually start getting older, you know? I,
0: I feel the <laughs> same way, and we have had those conversations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, one thing that... Is like very hopeful for us. Is I've found it hard to have a relationship for such a long time because even like say I was dating someone who lived here in Portland, I would have still been on the road so much of the years that any relationship I have is going to feel like a long distance relationship. So I think having um, removed the expectations of, like, what our relationship should look like if we did live in the same city yeah. meant we never were holding up our relationship to those kind of standards. And we just have always found a way to make, you know, uh, the long distance and seeing each other at certain times work for us. So, yeah. um, Again, you know, people tell you how things need to be and people tell you what a relationship needs to look like and that's just not true. It's it's up to you to, to decide how your relationship works. have certain compulsory questions that I ask every um guest of mine that right. I'm going to ask the two of you. Um but first is there anything you'd like to plug anything else you want people to know any um
2: I'd like, How can they watch I'd like your show? Where you can mm-hmm. find us. Um so we are on mylifetime.com and also we're streaming. So we're streaming on mm-hmm. mylifetime.com and on the Lifetime app and video on demand. I know some of those episodes, as time goes on, start getting hidden behind the wall and you might have to pay for them. I'm not quite sure how many are free mm-hmm. right now, but we're also on iTunes, Amazon, you know, most streaming services. So it's mm-hmm. leave it to teach.
1: Watch at your leisure.
2: Please watch at your leisure and <laughs> simply enjoy. And in advance, <laughs> I'd like to say you're welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and um, where can um, my listeners follow you on social media?
2: Okay, so I am Gege Taylor, and it's spelled G-E-G...
1: Wait. Stop. <laughs> I her. spelled it wrong! Let me stop. G- <laughs> e. E. G-E. It is not phonetically correct. G-E-E-G-E. G-E-E-G-E.
2: Jeej Taylor. T-A-Y-L-O-R. And this one is... No,
1: just, mine's too
0: long. Just, you'll find me when you find her. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm tagged in all her shit, you'll say. <laughs> um... <clears throat> The, these are my compulsory questions. Um, you can take turns answering them um, and uh, just answer however you feel. Is it like a foul? Who, round? Is it like a light? No, you, you feel free to e- explain it or not explain it. You can just answer and move on or you can say why. Um, first oh, question right. yeah. is... Oh, we're
2: ready. We love this kind of stuff. Give it to
0: get it. Get first question is, who's your celebrity crush today?
2: Oh, I mean, I feel like I've got so many.
1: Sean Mendez. Come on. That's me. Sean <laughs>
2: Mendez. Oh my god, of course. I've always been in love with Jamie Foxx. Um, who is the other one that I'm in love with? Oh,
1: she's so in love she can't she's, even remember. He used to
2: be Ben Affleck. I just don't like the way he's aged so much, but oh. God bless. Um
1: mm-hmm.
2: well, who else? I don't have a lot of celebrity crushes. I'm just gonna stick with some Jamie Foxx. Okay, great. Denzel Washington. <laughs> he's born He's yeah. a classic. Um Tom Hardy. I'll say Tom Hardy. Okay, I didn't know we were getting... I've met, I've met him. I have He's other so ones, cute. but I was just
0: leaving
2: it one. He's
0: so cute. All right. <laughs> Who's yours, ne- Oh, I, I always have a different one every yeah. day. Um, <laughs> let's bang. see. I think um, I was just watching The Righteous Gemstones last night, and I was saying to my husband how much I love Eric Andre, and I think I've said Eric Andre before, but I'll say Eric Andre again. Uh. <laughs> Eric Andre, I gotta
2: Google that.
0: Do you know that? Eric Andre, he was on, um, oh, he was on Don't Trust the Bee. And he had his own show. Um, uh Oh, God. He, he, it's so funny because when he does his own work, like, he I think he was recently in the latest Jackass movie. When oh, he does his own work, absolutely. it's really absurd and really irreverent. But yeah. then he also does, like, network TV and is just the sweetest, like, um, tamest boy next door type. Um, okay. But gonna, Eric Andre. What,
2: I'm going to do it. Okay, you know what? I forgot my uh, big crush. And okay. I got a story to mm-hmm. go with it. Oh, God. And I might get a lawsuit, okay?
3: But...
2: I have a huge crush. I got COVID and I watched Bloodline, you know, for 10 days straight while I was in a bed with COVID Mm -hmm. and fell so in love with Kyle Chandler, like madly, you know who Kyle Chandler
0: Mm -hmm. is. No, I'm not familiar with any of this.
2: (laughs) Hot, 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 just like dark hair, twinkly dark eyes, kind of tall, dark and handsome. So I'm watching the show Bloodline, which is amazing. He's also in Friday Night Lights. He's like that coach, that football coach mm. in Friday Night Lights. I never watched it, but I was just trying to see if you could figure out who he was. But <laughs> anywho, I'm watching this show, and he's a big star. And I'm telling a friend of mine, I was like, God damn, that Kyle Chandler looks good. And he said, you know he went to UGA, where I went, to University of Georgia. Mm. Oh. And he goes, and you know... He was a Sigma Nu, and, and I was like, "What?" And all of a sudden, it was like something hit me like a ton of bricks, and I started googling it up. I was like, "I think I've had sex with him. <laughs> I think I've had sex with Cal Chandler because he went to school when I went to school. He we went to a game in Alabama out of town. We were the only two people there from Georgia. We just started talking, and drinks were flowing. And next thing I know, we're doing it. So I was like, "Oh my god, I've had." With this man, I'm like 99% sure. I'd love to meet him before I die just to see, just to clarify. yeah, because I've been telling everybody I had sex with him. So <laughs> I, I think so because I remember thinking Sigma knew they didn't have very good looking guys. This oh. guy looked like a fucking star. I was like, God damn, that guy looks good. And when he told me it's fraternity, and I don't care about fraternities and sororities, I think they're nauseating. Mm. But when he told me, I was like, There's no way, no way. <laughs> so it was, I think it was him. He was my, well, he, went this... the, he went there the year I went there.
0: Have the have the producers of your show um, orchestrate out. a reunion. Yeah. Wow. So Maybe a... he'll hear this and sue us and we'll find
3: out. <laughs> Break up his marriage, make more doors. The to cease and
0: desist. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, my next question for you is Are you spiritual?
2: Yes. And no, no. no.
1: no. I am a, I am so like, I believe 100% in science. All I talk about is science. I love making connections between natural phenomena in the world. And I believe that if, spirituality or if, if spirit world of any type existed that we would have some evidence of it at this point even if it, mm, <laughs> even if it is very mild evidence mm. we would have mm. evidence of it there would be people who are dedicating they would be grants to studying it we would be discovering <laughs> it we take the most complex things in this world. You asked the
2: wrong question. Listen, we
1: <laughs> listen, shut the fuck up. We take the most complex things in this world and we study them to a T. We're just fucking deep in the ocean studying shit. We're off in space studying shit. If there was a spirit world, we would be searching for it.
2: Okay. And now I am very spiritual. Okay. <laughs> I believe in the father the son and the holy ghost and if that doesn't exist there's probably something else that exists. I just believe that, you know, science there's some kind of a god, but I also totally believe in science. I believe in evolution. I believe mm-hmm. I believe in science and I believe that there's a higher power out there. Yeah. And you know what? I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I die and there's no heaven, so be it. Like I really don't give a shit. But like right now, I believe in something spiritual that kind of helps, you know, just give you a peace. And, um, also I believe in it because my niece passed away a few years ago, which was the most tragic thing to ever go through. Mm -hmm. And I've consulted several psychics that tell me things that are so specific that could not, I just don't know how you could argue against it. You know, so I believe in a spirit world, I believe in science. I believe in God, but I also believe maybe it's not God. Maybe it is Buddha. I don't know. I really don't give a shit. It just makes me happy to think that, you know, that I've got peace and that everything sort of happens for a reason as it should. And I feel like spiritual things, even especially with the passing of my niece, I feel things. I feel her presence in a way that's just too strong to deny in certain ways. And And he's sweet because he'll kind of give me that. He'll understand. I'll shut the fuck up. He'll be quiet.
0: (laughs) Well, um, you know, my mantra lately has been two things can be true. And I also believe fully in science, but then also have my beliefs based in spirituality. And, uh, you know, if I were to get into a debate with you, Tyler, I would probably (laughs) say, yes, science has examined every little thing. And we always get to a point where... Okay, but what happened before that? You know, and yeah, we yeah, keep yeah. breaking things down to. A point. Anyway, so I just like to I, I like to say, well, two things can be true. Um, I, I'm a I'm a witch who pract- I'm a witch who believes in science, and I'm a um, I'm a realist who believes in witchcraft. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, See? exactly. That's, I'm with you on that. I one. appreciate. I'm with you <laughs> on that one. Yeah. Um. Your final question is: What is your go-to karaoke song?
1: I in the stream. stream. That, that is, is what, what we are. are. No, no one, one in between. between. How, How can we be wrong? Slow it down. Fail away, away with me. me to another world.
2: And we rely on each other. Uh-huh. Making, making love. love with each other. You can't see
1: us, but we're thrusting towards each other. <laughs> we thrust towards each other and make groans during the making love. But making love to each, we each other. We
2: performed. We're being teed right now. And we performed. We have so many
1: duets, but that's our favorite.
2: Yeah, yes. I'm glad you asked that question. We performed at, 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 um, Thanksgiving for the family and pudding was so mad and my dad they were so revolted because when it came to the making love with each other we were thrusting we were just like fucking so hard <laughs> in the kitchen and they were just like oh my god and the only person laughing was my ex husband I was like
1: well, <laughs> thing- what about she's like she's thrusting into my backside and her ex husband's watching
0: it and being entertained I was like
2: what was <laughs> we have our own karaoke mics we have a it's a it's a thing so thank you for asking thank
0: sure. you. of course I wish the listeners could have seen when I asked that question the way you both gasped and turned to each other and and you you had your telepathy moment absolutely (laughs) wonderful I'm so sad there's no video component just for that one part
1: does that not prove that I don't love Dolly that's our (laughs)
0: go-to Dolly and Kenny absolutely Well, thank you both so much for being my guests today. Thank you thank for you. all the stories that you sh- you shared and all the candor and conversation you had with me and um I just I'm I'm wishing you all the best. Uh, g- good work on your PhD. I don't know if we, you can't say good luck to actors because it's it's a jinx. So what do you say to people studying a PhD? I'm a scientist. I don't believe in I don't believe in <laughs> stuff like that. Well then good Give me luck you want. I'm getting it. Good <laughs> luck, Tyler. Um, and Jeege, just, uh, you know, all the best and all my love to you and your family. And thank you, thank you both thank for being here so today. Much.
2: Thank you so much for having us. We, You are an icon in this house. We all work with <laughs> drinks. We love you and we're so honored to be a part of High Jinx. Of High drinks.
0: <laughs> well, Thank you both so much. And thank you all for listening to Hi Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday. So make sure to search for Hi Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at The Jinx on Instagram or at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. And I'll see you next Wednesday for some more. Hi Jinx! Oh. M. Mom! To listen to Hi Jinx one day early and ad-free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hi Jinx is produced by Moguls Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio.